After 10 years of uh, travel and war and conquering, Alexander the Great um, had to face the difficulty of managing his troops as they'd grown tired and felt like uh, Alexander had um, was not honouring uh, his home people. And, and as they felt tired and wished to go home, he faced a, a mutiny of sorts. And upon facing this scene, he leapt to his feet and gave the following speech, which I'll attempt to do the best I can and give some commentary along the way. The speech which I'm about to deliver will not be for the purpose of checking your start homeward, for, so far as I'm concerned, you may depart wherever you wish. But because I wish you to know what kind of men you were originally and how you have been transformed since you came into our service. In the first place, as is reasonable, I shall begin my speech from my father Philip. For he found you vagabonds and destitute of means, most of you clad in hides, feeding a few sheep up the mountainsides, for the protection of which you had to fight with small success against Illyrians, Tribalians, and the border Thracians. Instead of the hides he gave you, cloaks to wear, and from the mountains he led you down into the plains and made you capable of fighting the neighbouring barbarians, so that you are no longer compelled to preserve yourselves by trusting, rather, to the inaccessible strongholds than to your own valour. I'll just stop the speech here at this point. And Alexander, this part of the speech, is he's using timelines to remind the men that whilst it's hard now, whilst you wanted to revolt now, it was harder then. At least now you have progression and you have, oh, he'll go into it in more detail, but then the men have progressed. Um, you know, for people that are going through difficult times, and these guys were going through difficult times. It's hard to see the forest from the trees, if you know what I mean. You, you can, uh, if you can help people take a step back, it can help them in moving forward just by um, surveying the landscape. And that's really what he's doing. He's helping them um, gain context. I'll continue. He made you colonists of cities, which he adorned with useful laws and customs. And from being slaves and subjects, he made you rulers over those very barbarians by whom you yourselves, as well as your property, were previously liable to be plundered and ravaged. He also added the greater part of Thrace to Macedonia, and by seizing the most conveniently situated places on the seacoast, he spread abundance over the land from commerce and made the working of the mines a secure employment. He made you rulers over the Thessalians, of whom you had formerly been in mortal fear, and by humbling the nation of the Phocians, he rendered the avenue into Greece broad and easy for you, instead of being narrow and difficult. The Athenians and Thebans, who were always lying in wait to attack Macedonia, he humbled to such a degree, I also then, rendering him my personal aid in, in the campaign, that instead of paying tribute to the former and being vassals to the latter, those states in their turn procure security to themselves by our assistance. He penetrated into the Peloponnese and after regulating its affairs was publicly declared commander-in-chief of all the rest of Greece in the expedition against the Persian, adding this glory not more to himself than to the commonwealth of the Macedonians. 
These were the, the advantages which accrued to you from my father Philip. Great indeed if looked at by themselves, but small if compared with those you have obtained from me. Just cut talk for a bit here and take a step back. Alexander is now pointing out very clearly, look, this is what my father gave you and what you achieved there. Uh, and, and, and it's enough. You f- look what you've received from, from following these orders. But I haven't even started on what we've done together as me as your leader. Important point there. He's now, he's now just beginning and, and mounting a counter-argument to their um, concerns. I'll re-engage now. For though I inherited from my father only a few gold and silver goblets, and there were not even sixty talents in the treasury, and though I found myself charged with a debt of five hundred talents owing by Philip, and I was obliged myself to borrow eight hundred talents in addition to these, I started from the country which could not decently support you, and forthwith laid open to you the passage of Hellespont. Though, at that time, the Persians held the sovereignty of the sea, having overpowered the satraps of Darius with my cavalry, I added to your empire the whole of Ionia, the whole of Aeolus, both Phrygius and Lydia, and I took Miletus by siege. All the other places I gained by voluntary surrender, and I granted you the privilege of appropriating the wealth found in them, the riches of Egypt and Cyrene, which I acquired without fighting a battle, I have come to you by Sealy Syria, Palestine, and Mesopotamia are your property. Babylon, Bactra, and Susa are yours. The wealth of the Lydians, the treasures of the Persians, and the riches of the Indians are yours. And so is the external sea. You are viceroys, you are generals, you are captains. What then have I reserved to myself after all these labours except this purple robe and this diadem? I have appropriated nothing for nothing myself, nor can anyone point out my treasures except these possessions of yours or the things which I am guarding on your behalf. Individually, however, I have no motive to guard them, since I feed on the same fare as you do. And I take only the same amount of sleep. Just cut speech there a little bit. Alexander's illustrating quite clearly he, he isn't out for self-gain here. And he hasn't taken advantage of the situation. Um, his main goal is he's seeking the people's growth and the kingdom's growth and fortune. And it's very, very hard um, for people to follow somebody else's dreams. But to follow their own for their own benefit... Well, it's much easier to get people to remember a forgotten dream of their own and to follow that than to get them to start a new dream and follow that somebody else's dream. So, you know, I suppose ask those you speak with, what is your dream? What is your goal? And uh, tie that into the objective because that's what Alexander the Great is doing here at this very moment. I'll continue on. Nay... I do not think that my fare is as good as that of those among you who live luxuriously. 
And I know that I often sit up at night to watch for you, that you may be able to sleep. And just cut a bit there, just that in its own, it's almost tender. He's saying, it's almost like a parent. I stay up at night and I make, I wait, I put the light on, the front porch light on so you can get home and you'll be all right. Well, he's saying the same thing there. I'll carry on. But someone may say that while you endured toil and fatigue, I have acquired these things as your leader without myself sharing the toil and fatigue. But who is there of you who knows that he has endured greater toil for me than I have for him? Come now. Whoever of you has wounds, let him strip and show them, and I will show you mine in turn. For there is no part of my body in front, at any rate, remaining free from wounds. Nor is there any kind of weapon used, either for close combat or for hurling at the enemy, the traces of which I do not bear on my person. For I have been wounded with the sword in close fight, I have been shot with arrows, and I, I have been struck with missiles projected from engines of war. And though oftentimes I have been hit with stones and bolts of wood for the sake of your lives, your glory and your wealth, I am still leading you as conquerors over all the land and sea, all rivers, mountains and plains. Cut speech here. There is massive power in a leader who doesn't sit in an ivory tower. And Alexander the Great is a great example of this. He fought in these wars. Truly he did. And you know, oftentimes putting himself in harm's way, taking upon himself um, much risk. Um, and by fighting in those battles, he demonstrates his faith in the cause because you know, what, the talk is cheap. And so if he's willing to put himself in harm's way, it has to be important, right? It's almost like if you watch football or soccer, when an old captain puts his body on the line um, to rally his people, well, that's what he did. And... Um, and that's something that can definitely be said of him. And if he was in it for the money, would he truly have done that? So again, tying himself to his people, getting on their level through his actions. I'll carry on. I have celebrated your weddings with my own, and the children of many of you will be akin to my children. Moreover, I have liquidated the debts of all those who had incurred them without inquiring too closely for what purpose they were contracted, though you receive such high pay and carry off so much booty whenever there is booty to be got after a siege. Again, just cutting out um, relationships are the most important thing, and he's illustrating the fact that they're related. They have relationships. They're close, and so they should be treating him as you would um, a relation. And so they're connected. I'll carry on. Most of you have golden crowns, the eternal memorials of your valor and of the honor you receive from me. Whoever has been killed has met with a glorious end and has been honored with a splendid burial. Brazen statues of most of the slain have been erected at home and their parents are held in honor, being released from all public service and from taxation. But no one of you has ever been killed in flight under my leadership. And now I was intending to send back those of you who are unfit for service, objects of envy to those at home. But since you all wish to depart, depart, all of you. Go back and report at home that your king, Alexander, the conqueror of the Persians, Medes, Bactrians, Sacians, the man who has subjugated the Eushians, Arachosians, and the Drentians, who has also acquired the rule of the Parthians, 
Chorismians, Hyrcanians, as far as the Caspian Sea, who has marched over the Caucasus <coughs> through the Caspian Gates, who has crossed the rivers Oxus and Tanais, and the, and the Indus besides, which has never been crossed by anyone except um, Dionysus, who has also crossed the High Despes, Asanese, and Hydraotes, and who would have crossed the Hyphasis if you had not shrunk back with alarm, who has penetrated into the Great Sea by both the mouths of the Indus, who has marched through the desert of um, Jedrosa, when no one ever before marched with an army, who on his route acquired possession of Carmania and the land of Ari. Orishans, in addition to his other conquests, his fleet having in the meantime already sailed around the coast of the sea which extends from India to Persia. Report that when you returned um, to Susa, you deserted him and went away, handing him over to the protection of conquered foreigners. Perhaps this report of yours will be both glorious to you in the eyes of men and devout, I ween, in the eyes of the gods. Depart! and speech that was my best alexander the great impression i did my best there um you know powerful i mean it's, it's awesome that we have these words from all these years i mean how incredible is it that i'm able to read the words of alexander the great i mean it's incredible um we all want to go home i mean these men i'm sure i mean you can sympathize with them they wanted to go home and they deserved it uh, but what is life without a cause you know, and, and, and what cause could have been greater than building the empire? Imagine hearing Alexander the Great speak of the passion of building the empire. It must have been something to behold. And as I understand it, at the end of the speech, the men, um, there was quite a reconciliation at the end of this. And they were repentant and, you know, he honoured them all afterwards. I mean, it's hard to know if they were really sincere or they were just scared because he executed a few of the deserters early on. Um, but... They were definitely, one way or another, they, they fell back in line. Uh, a few things that I'll um, say about Alexander the Great was he was decisive. Um, he had the, the gift of uh, oration. He was able to be, he was an orator. Uh, he believed in his cause and he led by example. The, this guy was undefeated in battle and he dies one year after the speech. I think it was at the age of 32. Um, and who knows how much bigger his empire would have really grown if he had lived a full life. Uh, and incredible achievements. You know, you, we could argue about whether Alexander was good, but there is absolutely no denying he truly was great. Um, thanks for tuning in. I look forward to chatting next week. Um, I really am enjoying these um, podcast because it's given me an opportunity to connect to all of our ancestors and that's kind of cool um but anyway thanks for tuning in look forward to chatting again next week and until then depart